Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's Monday, so it's time to continue the Game of Thrones rewrite. Welcome to the newest episode of SDW. Super Dario World! It's-a me, Dario! Woohoo! So I had a very, very busy weekend. Uh, I went out and did Bombed, which went great. Thank you for all of you who voted. I really appreciate it. I ended up going to a new spot, which was really cool, down in South Park. Thank you for all of you who came out, too, and who played in the game. It was great. It was it was really funny. I think you're really going to enjoy it when we play tomorrow. And I got a few left over for another, week, for another time, so we'll see. We'll see when they, those are played. Also, happy Father's Day to everybody listening. I'm not a, I'm not a father, but I have one, so happy Father's Day to you, Dad, and uh, happy Father's Day to all of you listening. You know, I know it was yesterday, but still it counts, okay? It fucking counts. I don't care. Anyway, yeah, busy weekend. It went great. Um, a friend of mine that joined me decided that she wanted to try to hook up with a girl, so I spent <laughs> I spent a pretty big chunk of my night trying to find a good girl for her, which is honestly the best use of my time I've ever done. It's great. It was... <laughs> I was going to make it happen. I had... I had, <laughs> I had an objective, and I was going to complete it. Now it's uh, it was weird. In the end, it didn't really work out because I don't even remember. I drank too much. It was a uh, doing bomb. Just a trip, man. It's a trip. It takes its toll. I need a break. <laughs> but it was fun. And like I said, I had my first objective, which was to do bombed, and it was super easy thanks to the P ones that came out. And uh, then I had the next objective, which was to find a girl for my friend. And uh, that one, actually, some of the P1s that came out started helping out. Everybody started joining in. It was like a game for everybody. They wanted everybody to join. Everybody wanted to make this happen. It was hysterical. Anyway, so good times. Good times. Uh, next time I do it, I will keep informing you if any of you wants to show up. Great. I've already got a great, uh, great suggestions for other places I could do it. So this is good. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep doing it this way because you just make my life way easier than it was. So, okay. But okay, that, that's enough of that. Let me just give you a quick reminder that the show is officially on the iHeartRadio app. You can find it by typing in the show, the show Presents Super Dire World. And uh, you can also find it on SoundCloud, YouTube, and iTunes by typing in Super Dire World Podcast. Super easy. Uh, any comments, questions, or suggestions, you can find me at Dire of the Show on Instagram. Like I said, I sometimes I put up polls. Like I put a poll on where I should go to do Bombed and South Park 1. Got a lot of votes. And uh, I actually kind of fucked up. Because it turns out that Facebook and uh, and Instagram keep their numbers separate. So I have it so that when I post anything on Instagram, it also goes to Facebook. However, I don't use Facebook that much. I don't like it. I'm, I wish I could get rid of it. But the calendar thing that reminds you when somebody's birthday is, is just way too valuable. It's it, it's all, basically the only reason why I keep it. And also for a, a football group that I keep there with my family. So I still need it just for those things. But if I could, I'd get rid of it. Anyway. What was I even saying? Yeah. So it turns out that the num- that the poll that goes up on Instagram and the poll that goes up on Facebook keep the numbers separate. So it, on Facebook, Downtown 1, and on Instagram, freaking uh, South Park 1. So I had to go in and uh, just add up all the numbers. And just it, it came out really close. There was a difference of like three votes, of like 51% to 49 It was super close. And I had a lot of people upset at me who voted on Facebook. Like, Dude, no, I saw the last thing I checked and Facebook was winning, blah, blah. So that's what happened. It it, it was it, on Facebook, I think it won by like 67%. The thing is that it way less people voted on Facebook. And I mean way, way less people. So I just took all those votes and added them to the other total and then did my own math. At the end, it was South Park that won by a very small, tiny margin. But still, it was the winner. So... Got to give the people what they want, right? And I actually ended up going to a really cool spot. What was its name? It's uh, it's called Whistle Stop down in South Park. And apparently every other Saturday they have a event called the 
booty basement where they play basically it's all 90s 80s and 90s hip-hop which was awesome it was great the vibe was fantastic it wasn't too crowded and uh, it wasn't too stuffy. It wasn't all. It also wasn't too expensive. The only knock I have on it is that they don't take credit cards. I don't know if that was a thing for that night, or if it's a thing in general. But yeah, that's the only thing that I could say that oh that that was not gonna cool. Everything else was awesome, like legit awesome. I highly recommend that spot. But okay. I will take what is mine with fire and blood. All right, so let's start off with a quick recap. For those of you who don't know, the Game of Thrones rewrite is something that I'm doing because I was pissed off that Game of Thrones did not make any sense towards its final seasons, so I'm trying to fix that. Also because the last season and the ending completely sucked. So I had a lot of people asking me, like, dude, can you? Well, how would you have ended it? What would you have done differently? And my answer was always, dude, I would have changed things from way, way back. They're like, okay, like what? And so it was those conversations that brought this up, and now I'm doing a Game of Thrones rewrite. So the moment where the Game of Thrones rewrite is going to start, it'll be at the beginning of season seven, because those two last seasons, season seven and season eight, were garbage. So that's where I decided to start things. However, there are still a few things from previous seasons that I would have liked to have fixed. So during these setup episodes, on the first episode, I set up the North. On the second episode, I set up pretty much the Seven Kingdoms. And what I did was I just modified one or two little things from the show that I to make things make a little bit more sense and leading up all the way to season to the end of season six. So it would still start on season seven. I'm just doing a slight one or two minor or major modifications to the story. Now, one of the rules that I kept is that I'm not going to introduce any new characters. It's all going to be characters that already existed in the world because I know that there's too many characters. It gets too complicated. There's too many plots and it got too complicated. So if what if on TV it's hard to follow for some people, I'm guessing that on audio you're going to be completely lost. So I'm trying my best to keep it simple, and that's why I chose at the ending of season six, which is where they kill off a whole bunch of storylines. They killed off the Dorner storyline. They killed off the the Tyrell storyline. They killed off the the Sparrow storyline. So I figured it'd be way easier, and I'm trying to make it in a way that makes a little bit more sense for the audience, or that it makes more sense for the story. So here's a quick recap of where everybody is and the minor changes I did. If you want more details, you can go back to the podcast where I did them. I believe they were episode 37 and 42. I think they're really good, so I highly recommend that. Okay, so for Jon Snow, he was resurrected in a way that made sense. The, the Battle of the Bastards made sense. And also he has a personality change, which is very important because he was fucking killed. And he came back and he changed in no freaking way. Anyway... Uh, so he's on his way from Winterfell to the wall because that's where you fight the fucking dead. So he's going back to the wall and he's bringing a few select Vale soldiers uh, to take them out ranging so they can see the zombies and they can come back and report to the rest of the Vale Lords. Hey, uh, yeah, there's zombies out there. You don't just have to take the, that undead, undead dude's word for it. They're real. Anyway, that's John. Bran, he's on his way to Castle Black from beyond the wall and, uh, However, he did not have the vision of the Tower of Joy because it was stupid. Sansa, she is currently in Winterfell running things, trying to set everything up, trying to get them food for the winter because they're going to fucking starve. Even if the zombies don't get them, they'll starve to death. And uh, she's kind of in Littlefinger's pocket because she fucked up and that's why she got captured. She got captured in a way that made sense. Anyway, Littlefinger is in Winterfell kind of cementing his own forces there and cementing his plans, which... Nobody still really knows exactly what they are. Only Littlefinger. Uh, Theon, he is currently the prisoner of Sansa in Winterfell because that whole just letting him leave was dumb and reaching the king's mood was dumb. So when when Theon helps us release Sansa, San he stays with Sansa. And so under Sansa's protection, she's still been, but everybody kind of hates him. So now he's technically has to be under the protection of the Vale Lords, which kind of puts him in Littlefinger's pocket. Anyway, the point is he never went to to the fucking Iron Islands. That was stupid. Anyway, next. Davos, he was sent to Dragonstone by Jon because Stannis told Sam that there was dragon that there was Dragonglass and Dragonstone. So Davos, who knows Dragonstone and is a smuggler, was sent by Jon to Dragonstone to try to collect as much as he could because Dragonstone was currently under siege 
by Loras Tyrell. Well, it's not under siege. It was currently blockaded by Loras Tyrell because the Lannisters wanted to recover Dragonstone because it's right across from the fucking bay where King's Landing is. So it's kind of a very important military position. Anyway, so since it was being uh, it was being blockaded by Tyrell and the Tyrell forces, Davos thought, all right, I'll just sneak in. I'll smuggle some of, as much as I can out. Blah, blah, no big deal. However, since Marjorie Tyrell got, got arrested... Loras Tyrell became a hothead. Like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I got to take this island as quickly as possible. And so I can go back and save my sister. So he go, he sieges Dragonstone and he takes it. So the Lannisters control it or the Tyrells. Well, the Lannisters control it. However, he does get killed in the process. So that's how Loras Tyrell died, dies. He never got fucking arrested by the priest. That was stupid. The sparrows arresting Loras Tyrell. Ridiculous. Anyway, and so Davos has to report back that, hey, yeah, I could never get all this. So basically Davos was not able to smuggle anything from Dragonstone because it was taken by the Lannisters before he could go in and get the rest of Stannis' people who were still in the castle. Anyway, moving on. Sam, he never stole his father's sword. His brother Dickon is way younger. It made no sense that his younger brother was way older than he was, and uh, he arrives at the Citadel with pretty much no issues. He thought he he. The big thing is that he never steals fucking Heartsbane. It's ridiculous. It, it was the dumbest thing in Sam's storyline, and he has a lot of dumb things. Anyway, uh, after that, Brienne, if you guys remember, she traveled to the Riverlands and she tries to get the Blackfish. Uh, the Blackfish was in Riverrun. In Riverrun, if you guys remember. Caitlyn Stark's uncle, known as the Blackfish, he was holding River Run, and uh, it was under siege by the Lannisters. So what Jaime Lannister did was he release he releases Edmure Tully, who was the un- who was the uncle who gets ridiculed at the at the final episode of Game of Thrones by Sansa, and uh, so he releases him in order for him to get the castle back. Anyway, so Brienne actually convinces the Blackfish to join Sansa in Winterfell and they sneak out before they completely and with a few forces before they completely are taken over by by the Lannisters. Okay? For Cersei, we have that she finds a way to blame the bombing of the the Sept. What's the what's the name? The, the Sept of Baelor, which is, you know, where they killed all the sparrows, where they killed off all the Tyrells. They killed off everybody and their mother in that, you know, when they made the church explode? Or yeah, the church explode. I think it's that would be the equivalent. So she finds a way of convincing people or spreading rumors that that bombing was actually caused by the Targaryens. You know, because there's rumors of Daenerys having dragons out all the way in the east. But there was also rumors that uh, that the Mad King Aerys Targaryen he had stashes of wildfire throughout the city. So that thing explodes, goes up, and it goes up in flames. And Cersei. With Quyburn's help and some of her pyromancers, by the way, the pyromancers are the guys who make dra- the the wildfire. Anyway, they were able to contain the wildfire and kind of stop the tragedy from happening. So she makes it look like it was, or it starts the rumors that it was Daenerys's fault or the Targaryens' fault in general that that happened, that it was an attack, or that it could have been an attack. But however, due to her people and for her actions. Everybody was saved. The city was saved from being completely taken over by wildfire. Because if you guys remember, there's nothing they can put out. Wildfire, unless you know how. and Or sand. Basically, you need sand because water doesn't put it out. Anyway, so you, so that's how that happens with Cersei. However, that does lead to the death of Tommen, who ends up killing himself the same way. And so that causes her to kind of start losing it a little bit. She gets a little bit more paranoid. Because if you guys remember in the show... Cersei's only redeeming quality was that she loved her children. And now her actions that led her to being the queen. So she manages to become the queen and get everything she gets everything she's ever wanted power-wise. But it costs her her family. So it costs her the thing that she loved the most. It was kind of like Thanos. Like, did you do it? Did you do it? Yes. What did it cost you? Everything. And I know that's not how it goes. I, for, I fucked up the first line. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, so she's kind of starting to get a little bit crazier and more paranoid. And so Jamie, since he doesn't... Cersei did not tell Jamie her plan. And Jamie asks her point blank if if it was her. And she says no. So now Jamie knows that she's lying to him. And so she he's... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Starting to look at her a different way. He cost her all his children and well, she cost him all her all his children. And now he's starting to kind of not trust Cersei anymore. So there's there's been a there's been a break in their relationship. Right. So for the Brotherhood Without Banners, which you guys remember, were Beric Dondarrion and Thoros Amir. Basically, the guy that came back from the dead and, and fought with a fire sword. Anyway, they still catch up with the Hound. However, the way that they get the Hound to join them is because they were also... They, they've been caught up... Well, Melisandre had caught up with them. So, after Melisandre helps bring Jon back to life, Davos still demands that she gets sent away or that she gets, she gets murdered or exiled. And so, Jon is like, well, she just brought me back to life. So, just pretty much get out of here. Because you killed the little girl, and so Melisandre says, "Okay, I'll go out and I'll spread, I'll spread the word that you, that you are the reborn. I'll start spreading the message that you are Soros I, all that shit." And John is like, "Yeah, whatever. Just if you can bring us people, cool. Because we need people." So Melisandre's going around spreading the word, and she's looking for other red priests. Ergo, Thoros Amir, the guy with the fire sword, who's also red priest, and that's when they meet up with the Hound. And so the way that Melisandre convinces Thoros Amir that he's that Jon Snow is a Sorosai is that she explains that he was reborn or resurrected in in a way that's prophetic. I, I won't get into it too much, but the way that they convince the Hound is they force him. Well, they kind Melisandre kind of convinces him in a forceful way to actually look at the flames for once, and that's when he gets he gets to see the undead in the flames. So it turns out that Sandor Clegane actually has. Of, of an ability to see visions in the flames. The problem is that he's afraid of fire. But however, he's a very powerful empath. Whatever. Doesn't really matter. That's how they convince him, and that's how she convinces the Brotherhood Without Banners to head on north. North For Yara, that is Theon's sister, Yara Greyjoy. Uh, like I said, she, Theon never makes it to the Iron Islands. So, during the King's Moot, which is when they voted who the next king's gonna be, uh, she loses, and... Uh, and she runs away before Euron can get to her because Euron knows that if she kills her, if he kills her, then there's pretty much no competition for anything. So Yara escapes and she's not really sure what to do. Then she remembers that there's a rule in the King's Moot that if there was an available candidate that never showed up, they could do they could redo a, a King's Moot. So since Theon wasn't there, and technically Theon is the rightful heir of of Balon, his father then he should have been there. So Yara realizes if I go get Theon, if I find a way to rescue Theon, then we could redo the King's Moot and screw over Euron. So she's on the way to try to find Theon. And that's where everybody is in kind of that side of the world, the the Seven Kingdoms, well, most of the Seven Kingdoms and the North, which is part of the Seven Kingdoms. I know, I get it. And so that that's pretty much how things stand. If you want more details, like I said, Go back and listen to my previous podcast. I go into it deep. I I enjoy going deep into things. and But I, I do explain a little bit more because I know sometimes it's really hard to follow. Who was this person? Who was that person? And I try to give you reminders. But okay, that's it. That's it for those parts of the story. Let's move on to the rest of the world. So I'm going to get kind of like the simpler one out of the way. The first one is Arya. I've had a lot of issues with Arya's story. A lot. Particularly when she got stabbed multiple times, falls into a river filled with dirty water, and doesn't somehow doesn't get infected, somehow runs across the city, somehow finds an actress who was also a nurse, who, by the way, a nurse would have paid, gotten paid way more than an actress at that point of time, that particular point in time, and she manages to rescue her. 
It 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 made no sense. Like Cal Drogo died from a cut nipple and and that thing getting infected. But no. Arya jumping into sewer water basically because you know back then people just threw all their feces into the water. But no, she's perfectly fine. No no infection, no nothing. And also an expert assassin stabs you in a place where you're not going to die. And also you you saved yourself by an actress knowing how to perform surgery, apparently advanced surgery. And it, you know I've had issues with Arya, okay? However, how do you manage to bring Arya back into Westeros? Because it has to end. That season ended with Arya returning. So here's a few things that I would have done differently. First off, I hated that they never really explained how the whole faceless men thing works. Because if you just if if you just watch this show, you think, oh well, she can just turn into anybody, right? She if she kills somebody, cuts off their face, then she can turn into anybody, right? I think that's too much BS. And if that's how that works, then they did not take advantage of that power at all. Killing Cersei would have been super easy. Super easy. Just, you know, kill one of her maids. Take her face. And then when you're next to her and she's alone, shank. Dead. So they never really took advantage of that, which was stupid. So I would have made it that while she was in the house of black and white, if they're going to train her to become an assassin, then they should have explained how the powers worked. Now... In the books, it is hinted at, again, it's never really explained or it hasn't been explained yet, but it's hinted at that it's it's more of a glamouring thing than uh, than actually transforming into somebody, or than actually taking somebody's face. So, for example, let me explain a little. A glamour would be kind of like a psychic manipulation or like a mirage. So, if I put on somebody else, if I kill somebody and put on their face, I would look really creepy, kind of like Hannibal Lecter, right? However, if I am glamoring you while I have somebody else's face on for you to think that I look like him, so I'm manipulating your mind. It's not really that I have the face on. It's that I'm manipulating your mind a little for you to think that I look that way. Then that makes a little bit more sense. So also another big thing in the books, Arya is a warg, you know, just like, by the way, wargs are people who can go into animals. And in the books, Arya frequently dreams about going into Nymeria and doing things. So Nymeria was her direwolf, by the way. So she clearly has some kind of psychic ability. And that's why she was selected by the House of Black and White because they're like, oh, this chick's a warg. She has powers. Just like John has powers. Just like Bran has powers. And it was hinted at that other Stark characters had powers, but I won't get into that too much. It doesn't really make sense. So the point is she has a psychic bloodline. So what they explained to her in the House of Black and White is that when they blinded her, it was to kind of open her third eye. You know how Bran woke op- opened his third eye? Well, Bran was way more powerful than she was, so Arya, they, they woke in that ability in her as well. It helped her open up her sixth sense. Basically, it opened up her sixth sense, which made her slightly more powerful psychically in that sense. And they trained her, or they, they explained that basically you put on somebody's face and then you glamour the people that you're seeing. So it's kind of a process. So it's limited. It has its limits. The problem that I had with the show is that it didn't really have any limits. Here, it would have limits. For example, if you're speaking to one person, then the glamour would probably work. It would be ideal. But if that person knows the person they're talking to, then it becomes slightly harder if you prolong the conversation. Because you know... You know when somebody you know, like, who's close to you says something in a way that you're like, oh, that was weird. Or like, oh, they're hiding something. Like, oh, you, people get hunches. We we have, we everybody has that sixth sense where you're like, oh, that, that felt right. That conversation felt weird. So if it's somebody who knows the person you're pretending to be really well, then you can't prolong that conversation for too long because the odds of you getting caught are higher. Also, if you're talking to more than one person then you have to spread your glamouring out a lot more, which makes it more difficult. Also, you kind of want to pick somebody who is around your body type. For example, if your Arya is a five foot nothing girl, she's not going to pretend to be a seven foot tall hound, right? She's not going to pretend to be the hound. It would it would never work. How, the glamouring might help up to a certain point, but it's not that it's not that powerful. Okay. Oh, I, I just thought of it. A perfect example of a glamour. You know Melisandre? You know how she when she takes off her necklace, she's an old lady? 
but when she puts it on, she's like a super hot young woman. That's a glamour. So the necklace that she has helps glamour everybody, but she has she has a magical element that helps her expand her power. Arya doesn't have that. What what they use is they use somebody's face and they use that to kind of glamour people. Does that make sense? So the the how the face that they take off, it's kind of the essence, and that's how the glamour people. I hope that makes sense. If you have any questions, you can always find me at Diary of the Show, comments, questions, suggestions. I will I can go into a further explanation of it. Anyway, the point is that Arya would actually get trained in the use of that psychic ability. It's not the thing that bothered me is that they never really taught Arya how to do anything in the House of Black and White. So I would actually have them teaching Arya stuff. Okay, she just cleaned dead bodies and then she just fought somebody with a stick while she was blind. They never really taught her anything. It was more like, oh, she taught herself. And that doesn't make sense. So I would have, the change I would have had with Arya is that she would have been trained somewhat. And then if she has, I would not have had the whole stabbing thing in the middle of the street. It could have been an assassination attempt, but she was not stupid about it. And maybe she gets a little bit injured, but she finds, because they, she also she finds a way to heal herself via I don't know the, I'm get, they also teach her about herbs and stuff and then she when she kills the the wave she goes to Jaken and Jaken is like oh yeah well you've completed your training now go and perform our ultimate task and the ultimate task Arya doesn't really know but it would be the killing of Cersei and that's when we find out that's when we find out that Jaken Hagar is actually in cahoots with Varys. What? Yes. You guys remember, like, way back in the day. Way back in the day. Back, all the way back to season one. We first see Jack and Hagar, the, the original Faceless Man. We see that guy. Uh, he's being transported to the wall. Now, he was, that means that he was a, he was a prisoner in King's Landing, and he's being transported to the wall. So, if you guys remember, who's the guy who could move around the castle like nothing. Who who went and visited Ned Stark in the in the dungeons? It was Varys. So, Jaqen was always a Varys agent, and he has his he still has a mission, but they are in cahoots. So now, still in cahoots, still Varys and Jaqen in cahoots. Now they're sending Arya back to Westeros, trained as a killer to to finish off her list. And guess who's on that list? Every single person on that list is an enemy of Daenerys. So that was a play by Varys. And if you guys are keeping score right now, that means that Littlefinger has one of the Stark girls and Varys has the other Stark girl. So those two are still way in the game. I hate it in the show that they didn't use them for nothing. Here, they're still pretty much in the game. They're still the puppet masters. They're still doing their thing. Anyway, that would be Arya. That would be Arya's storyline up to that point, which is where season six ends. And let's move on to the rest of the world. Now, a thing that always bugged me is how they used Euron. And uh, I hated the fact that Euron went after Cersei. Euron is probably the most evil character in the books so far that we know of. Because, like I've said before, nobody really knows what Littlefinger's doing. But, and nobody really knows what Euron's doing either. But the things that he've done that he's done are evil. I mentioned this before. I think it was all the way back to my very first podcast. Euron raped and tortured his brothers. And that's barely in his evil highlight reel. Barely in his evil highlight right evil highlight reel. I'm sorry, I'm still having an aneurysm. So the dude's bad. He's a bad dude. Anyway, one thing I never really understood is why Euron went after Cersei instead of Daenerys. Like, Cersei was in a way weaker position, way weaker position than Daenerys was. Cersei is also way older than Daenerys was. So, if you're going to look for, if you're a king and search for a queen, you would think you'd go after the younger chick that has three dragons, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, but that's what I would do. Like, yes, you know. I'm humbly saying that I would have gone with that decision, okay? And I hate fucking Daenerys. But anyway, I still would have done it because it's a smarter choice. So the thing that I would have done differently is that Euron takes the Iron Fleet and they sail off to uh, Marine to get Daenerys. 
or if they're not able to get Daenerys, at least to try to steal a dragon, right? Because there's oh well, they didn't put this in the show, so I'm I'm not gonna put it in. There was a thing about a horn that could control dragons but it kills the user and you don't really know if it's going to work because nobody's really tried. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Using it with a dragon. So I'm going to keep that out. However, it's a fun, fun storyline in the books. I highly recommend that. Anyway, so he's going after Daenerys and he's trying to maybe possibly take a dragon. Not with a horn, but there is a story. Uh, there's a thing that you could do called nettling a dragon. And there's a story in the Game of Thrones lore of a girl named Nettles who managed to nettle a dragon. And, well, nettling became a verve because of her. What she did was basically she offered a dragon a whole bunch of food. And so the dragon was so distracted eating that she was able to ride it. And therefore, they they kind of forged a psychic bond. However, there's more to the story, but that's pretty much it. And that's called nettling a dragon. So... Euron is a man of the world. He probably heard that story and he's like, you know what? Maybe I could risk it. Or he thinks he could. He, the point is he thinks he can walk out of there with either the Dragon Queen or a dragon. So he's on his way to Marine with the Iron Fleet. Now, I've always said that the pairing of Euron and Daenerys would be way more interesting than her and Jon. And uh, because of one, the and or than Euron and Cersei, because... And I know I, I got a lot. Of, I've gotten a lot of hate for this. I don't care because think about it. Euron is exactly Daenerys's type. Think about what words would you use to describe Euron Greyjoy? Vicious, sadistic, eh, leader, right? Like those three. Are you, you think those three apply to Euron Greyjoy? Well, those three also apply to two other dudes, Cal Drogo and Dario Naharis. So. If you think about it for a second, it makes sense. Euron Greyjoy is exactly Daenerys' type. So much so that there's a theory going on amongst book readers that <laughs> Euron Greyjoy and Dario Naharis are actually the same character in disguise. I, I don't subscribe to that story, but they are eerily similar. There's a lot of similarities there, and a lot of the timelines kind of... Some match up, some don't. So all I'm saying is that Euron Greyjoy with Daenerys seems a lot more likely than anything else. Or Euron Greyjoy going after fucking Cersei, which makes no fucking sense. Anyway, so that's what that's what Euron would be doing. He won the King's Boot. Yara left and he's like, oh, well, I could go after Yara or I could go after the Dragon Queen and conquer the world. So he goes after Daenerys, who's in Marine. Now, the rest, to finish off the rest of Westeros before I get into Danny. Now, Danny's story kind of affects the rest of Westeros because she supposedly has the Alliance of the Reach and Dorne, right? So, by, by the Reach, I mean the Tyrells. She has the Tyrells on her side and the Dornish decide to be on her side. Now, for the Dornish, the storyline doesn't make any fucking sense because they killed off the Martells and suddenly the Sand Snakes take, take power. Like, imagine you are the king of something and all of a sudden your little brother's ex-girlfriend ends up taking control, right? Your your kid brother's ex-girlfriend ends up taking control of the kingdom after you die. Like that's that's not how that's not how that works. But let's assume that the coup was big enough and that they had enough support from the whole Dornish kingdom to take over control, right? Let's assume that. Okay. Now the big issue here is that the Reachmen hate the Dornish and vice versa. They those two have been in war at war since forever. They've been fighting over the because their lands connect. 
they the reach it does connect with Dorne and they've been fighting in that border forever. They loathe each other. Now, I could see how the hatred of the Sand Snakes for the Lannisters and the hatred for Ole- uh, from Olena Tyrell to the Lannisters might kind of bring those two families together. However, the entire region, I don't think so. The entire kingdom, I don't think so. So, their alliance towards or their preference for Danny is uh, tentative at best. Okay, tentative at best. They're still kind of at each other's throats. It's like, all right, I don't like you, but I'll see where this goes, and uh, it's a wait and see type of deal. So, even though. Varys worked his magic with his web of spies and managed to create a tentative alliance. There's still a lot of tension there, and there's a lot of potential for infighting. It's not one big cohesive unit. Daenerys doesn't have like a solid, solid foothold there yet. So that would be Westeros. Let's move on to Daenerys, because the Daenerys storyline is kind of a clusterfuck, and it affects kind of everybody. So, I've had a lot of issues with Daenerys over the years, but I'll just stick to what happened in Season 6. And I've always said, because if you guys remember, Season 6, Daenerys starts off as a prisoner of the Dothraki. Now, I've always said that Daenerys should have been raped into Kingdom Come, right? Because that's what the Dothraki do. Dothraki kill and rape people. It's kind of their thing. So, you're telling me that a bunch of Dothraki screamers found a beautiful girl out in the middle of the plains... And they decided, and by the way, she did not say who she was until she was presented to the, the cows. So you're telling me that none of the fucking soldiers whose hobby is to rape and kill people, not one of them touched her. Not a single one. I do not believe it. So the only way that that would have made sense for me is if that, okay, because in the books, that's that's in the books, that's how we leave Daenerys. We don't know what happens to her after that. She's in the She's right next to Drogo. She's in the middle of the plants, and she kind of, well, she has diarrhea, so she's kind of, she's sick. So, if you want to make it so that when the Dothraki find her, she's right next to Drogo. And she's, uh, and so the Dothraki like, oh shit, what do we do? It's kind of like a stare down, like, well, we want to take her. But, there's a fucking dragon right there, so what the fuck do we do? Can we take it? No. Can we risk it? No. So it's kind of like a stare down. And so, if Daenerys says, I am, oh, well. It, she, I'm, I'm Khaleesi. I am the the Khaleesi of Drogo. Blah blah blah. I'm the widow of Cal Drogo. Uh, take me to your leaders, whatever. And then collapses from her sickness because she was sick. Then she passes out. Then and uh, and her calming Drogo down before anything escalates. Then I could kind of believe a little bit more that Dothraki would take them because now they know she's a Khaleesi, right? They know who she is. It's not she's not just a Khaleesi. She's a particularly famous Khaleesi. So they would take her and they would take her to the leaders. And while she's healing, or while they're trying to heal her, they take her all the way back to Vaz Dothrak. That that's how I would have ended her story at that point. And then I would have I would have had that season she's just spends it or on the way to Vaz Dothrak. Once she's there, she kind of tries to rally people into joining what her venture across the seas. She doesn't just burn... The whole thing about burning the building... Because you guys, if you guys remember, Daenerys, once she arrives to Baes Dothrak, which is the holy city of the Dothraki, she basically kills all the cows by setting the building that she's in on fire. That doesn't make any sense. And there's a great video about it, about what doesn't make any sense. But I can break it down for you really quickly. Um, A, she did not know that she was not going to be burned alive. B, um... Those dude, those dudes were like the greatest warriors in, in that in their fucking people uh, amongst all the Dothraki. Uh, so any one of them could have just killed her as soon as she dropped the first brasser. Also, the walls were made out of wood, so they could have just broken one of the walls or window and gotten out. Also, uh, wood does not set on fire that fast. I don't care what you're throwing, <laughs> what you're throwing down on it. It does not set on fire that fast so the, pro- the the thing is that the plan was really stupid okay her plan was really stupid so the way that you make it less stupid is if you would have found a way for Daenerys to earn it so she's in Vaes Dothrak that's where all the Khaleesi's go after their cows die right and they're trying to 
they're trying to force her to stay there. She doesn't really know where Drogon is at this point. So they kind of they're kind of trying to teach her about her ways, about their ways, what she's supposed to do, her duties from now on. But she's like, no, I still need to go out and conquer. So if one of the Khaleesi's helps her with her psychic link, because the the thing, and they said that there was a line on the show that they cut out that oh, the reason why Daenerys can direct Drogo is because it's almost like he can tell what she's thinking. So they have a psychic link. They just, I don't know why they deleted the line from the show. I guess it was too on the nose, but it doesn't really matter. Honestly, at this point, it doesn't really matter. So I would have made it so that one of the Khaleesi's there would have helped Daenerys discover her psychic bomb via like a horse link. So that the, the Khaleesi, the former Khaleesi, she's saying like, oh no, like she has a, like the greatest rider of them all. She has a bond with the horse, and it's a it's a type of bond. So if you want to be the horse that rides the world, which was the prophecy of of Daenerys' son was supposed to be the horse that rode the world, you need to have a like a link with you. You need to have more than a link. You need to be the horse. So Daenerys there discovers how to become that she becomes the dragon, and she for she she finally accepts her psychic link with Drogo, and that's how she gets Drogo to come to her. And that's how they said all... It's not that she burns a stupid building up. It's via her link with Drogo. She kind of like a warg in a way. She burns uh, that she burns all the cows alive. And everybody's like, oh shit, this bitch rides a dragon. And so they're like, okay, well, I mean, we usually follow the best rider here or the best warriors. And I don't think any of our horses compare to a dragon. So we'll follow you. And that's how she gets the Dothraki to follow her. It's that she earns it via the link with Drogo. She has to dig deep down, and the problem. Okay, the problem with psychic links is, and this is explained somewhat in the books, hinted at at least, is that if your creature is more powerful than you are, they will take over you. A, a good example of this is the Starks and their direwolves. Now, in the books, the wildest of all the dogs is Shaggy Dog, which is Rickon Stark's dog. And uh, Rickon is also, he's also a very wild child. He's, he has a lot of issues with the parents leaving. He's almost, some, sometimes he's described as feral. Again, this is not really shown in the show because nobody really cares about Rickon in the show. But it's shown that the wolf personality is taking over and the aggressiveness has affected the kid. Now think of Sansa's dire wolf lady. She was proper. She was, she was very much like Sansa. Nymeria, on the other hand, she was also a little bit wilder. The, like Arya. So all the wolves have the personalities of the Stark kids, except Rickon. Rickon has the personality of a wild wolf. Why? Because if your beast is more powerful than you are, and a dire wolf was more powerful than a little kid, they could kind of take over. So the thing that kind of... A dragon is way more powerful than Daenerys. So Daenerys needs to find a way to either not be afraid or just to learn how to dominate Drogo, because otherwise, Drogo will dominate her, and that will drive her to madness. If Dragon, if Drogo takes over the personality of Daenerys, that's when she might become mad. All right, and so far there have been hints of her being mad already, and by hints I mean total fucking evidence that she's batshit crazy, or at least not a nice person. And it, you, again, it could be because of the influence of the dragon on her. But that that's the way I would have handled it. It's not like just... Because I hated that she just... I don't know where the dragons started listening to her. All of them. I it thought it was stupid. It was the stupidest thing ever. I hated that Daenerys got everything handed to her. So at least that way... Daenerys is special. Nobody can deny that Daenerys is special. So at least this way she had to earn it. She had to risk being taken over by Drogo and managing to overcome him to, to be able to control him up to a point. And that's how she defeated the cows. So it makes a little bit more sense. That's why all the Dothraki are like, yep, we'll follow you. you you're riding a dragon. Makes sense. So that's how I would have handled that. I still would have kept the adventure of the Super Dario brothers, <laughs> which is uh, Dario Naharis and Jorah Mormont trying to go and find Daenerys and try to rescue her. The story for those two doesn't really have to change up to that point, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll reach the other... The other side once I do it. So Dara Naharis, Jorah Mormont, they find Daenerys. Daenerys 
calls on Drogo, manages to, to take over Drogo, and she burns the leaders of the cow, or, or yeah, the cows who opposed her, and she takes over everybody, and she's on her way back to Marine. Now, if you guys remember, at this point, Marine was being directed by, well, it was under Tyrion's control and Grey Worm's control, and it was also being attacked by the slavers of the other cities that they attacked before, Yunkai and Astapor. So they're under siege. They're on the siege. They're on the siege by the sea, and they're under siege uh, by land. So, in order to stop that from continuing, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tyrion does release the dragons. Uh, Viserion and Rhaegal, who were being kept you know, in the dungeons of the palace, so he releases them. And the dragons kind of just fly off and do whatever the fuck they want. What they do is they start just burning pretty much whatever's on their way. So they do burn a few of the ships that was attacking them. And they do burn some of the soldiers from the other spot. But they also burn some of the buildings inside of Astapor. And they burn one of the pyramids and decide that that's their nest. So the dragons are like, F you dudes, this is my house now. And uh, so they're, they're causing a little bit of chaos inside. However, their presence there did freak out the people who were who are sieging them. They're like, holy shit, they got dragons and they burned a couple of our ships. Yeah, but did they burn them too on the other side? Did you? Did we see that? Like, yeah, but we can't fucking risk it because they can turn around and just shoot and then just like burn us alive. Also, what's the point of capturing a city that's under siege by dragons, you know? <laughs> you kind of don't want to live there. But what if they take control of the dragons? So it it's a debate that they're having and that pushes them into, okay, we're willing to negotiate a little, Right. And that's when Daenerys would return in the middle of the night and she would, I don't know, chastise Tyrion because of some dumb reason, because she's stupid. <laughs> Tyrion did nothing wrong, literally. Daenerys left them to die in an arena after Drogo saved her and nobody else. And she still came back and pissed off and yelled at Tyrion. Ridiculous. But anyway, let's assume she comes back and she's like, okay, well, Let's let's kill these bastards. Because she knows that she's got an army of Dothraki screamers following her. They're about to get there. And she's got Drogo. So the biggest fear that anybody has on a ship is anything being set on fire. That's their biggest fear. They, if you're on a ship, the thing you're, you're most afraid of is fire. That is a fact. So first off, Drogo has some kind of a chain or a rope or something around his neck. Ideally, he would have a saddle. And I'm guessing that Dothraki could fashion one. But if it was... If it was short notice, let's assume that he just at least has a rope. Something for Daenerys to grab hold of. Something. Literally anything. Anything besides just her sitting there grabbing onto a spike. Or what is it? No, it's not a horn. What is that? Scale. Well, something for her to hold on to. Something. Okay? Anyway. So, she's she gets on Drogo and they start setting uh, all the ships ablaze. Which makes all the all the ships that are sieging them go like, fuck this, man. We're being attacked by a dragon. Let's leave. We can't beat a fucking dragon. Because, again, fire and ships made out of wood. Not a good mix. And while that is happening, the Iron Fleet shows up. And they just completely start destroying everybody. So on one side, you got Drogo burning you up. And so you're trying to flee. And where you're trying to flee, you're heading straight into the Iron Fleet. That's just turning you into ceviche. So, bad position for them. Uh, for all the armies on the outside, they are they got the they got the Unsullied on one end attacking them from the walls, and from the rear they get attacked by the Dothraki, so they get decimated as well. So it's a resounding victory for Daenerys, right? Except now she's got the Iron Fleet at her door, and she's like, "Who the fuck are these dudes?" And she's got a couple of feral dragons inside. So what she tries to do first is she tries to reach into... She goes back to the castle, goes to the pyramid, and um, she tries to, well, not confront, but try to appease Viserion and Rhaegal, but they're not having it. Like, imagine if your mom put you on timeout for no reason. Like, 
your brother fucked up and your mom punishes you for months, right? Like, I, Ma, I didn't do anything wrong, but shut the fuck up. I'm going to lock you up in the basement for months. But what did I do? Nothing. Your brother did it. Like, the fuck? So the point is they were pissed and they were not happy at her. And so when Daenerys tries to, you know, get closer to them, they snap at her. And that pisses Drogo off. So Drogo kind of like snaps at them. And Rhaegal and Viserion are like, fuck this, I'm out. I can't take fucking Drogo. Because Drogon was supposed to be way bigger than the other two. Especially because he was out in the wa- in the world hunting and eating whatever he wanted. While these two were being imprisoned and kind of malnourished. So the point is, Drogo snaps at them. And these two are like, fuck this. And they leave. So Daenerys is left with only one dragon. The best dragon. The most powerful dragon. And now it's kind of under her control. But still, she doesn't have three fucking dragons. So that's a way of nerfing her a little. Right? She's nerfed a little, and now she has to deal with the Ironborn. So, Euron Greyjoy just showed up, kind of saved her butt in a way. Not necessarily. I mean, you could have made it more dramatic, like the ships were actually about to get Drogo or whatever, or that there was actually a chance that they might hurt him. But the, the Iron Fleet came in, and it guaranteed victory, and it guaranteed the destruction of the enemy army, which is the bigger thing. It's like, they're not going to attack again, because they cannot get away. So... Now Euron shows up and they're trying to negotiate and Euron is like, well, I want a fucking queen. So I'll help you conquer. I have the ships to take. You have 100,000 Dothraki screamers over here. You have your Unsullied. But your dragon's not going to carry them one by one. I have 1,000 ships. I'm willing to carry your army together to Westeros and we can conquer together. So Daenerys would have had to have taken that deal. She would have had to take... She could have taken one or two, you know... What is it? Made one or two conditions. Like, all right, fine. We'll marry after this. But at least be engaged. So Euron and Daenerys are engaged. And now, here's the story with Daria Naharis. Makes a little bit more sense of why he has to stay behind. So Daenerys leaves Daria Naharis to run Marine Because she definitely cannot take her lover to Westeros if she already has... If she's already engaged to marry... Uh, you're on Greyjoy, right? The, she she cannot. However, this brings up a few complications for Daenerys. The problem is that at the end of season six, Daenerys had too much power. She had the iron. Well, she had Theon and Yara's Ironborn. She had the Tyrells and she had the Martells. She had Dorne, the Reach, and half of the Ironborn and three dragons. Now she only has one dragon. She has the Iron Fleet and she has the Tyrells and the Martells. Three groups who hate each other, right? And the only thing that these three hate more than the Lannisters, because the three, the, those three hate the Lannisters, right? The Greyjoys hate the Lannisters. Tyrells hate the Lannisters. Martells hate the, hate the Lannisters. So you would think that hatred or that ambition would be enough to be like, all right, fine, we'll work together. However, the only thing that these three hate more than the Lannisters is the Dothraki <laughs> and maybe the Unsullied. The Unsullied not so much, but the Dothraki for sure. Okay? <laughs> so, what happens here is it's a tentative alliance and that's probably one of the things that Daenerys could have leveraged into only making it like a betrothal or an engagement because, yeah, yeah, th- those two are different. Like, it don't totally make any an, an engagement. And it's because she's heard of Euron Greyjoy's reputation and she doesn't really like what she hears. And Euron is not really in a position to fight her at that point because, again, ships against a dragon, not a good idea. 100,000 Dothraki screamers, not a good idea to phase those. So he knows that he's kind of in a disadvantage, militar- militaristically speaking. However, he he's at the advantage that Daenerys needs him. So they kind of both leverage out their... Mu- they, every, they both flex their muscles and they compromise on solely the engagement, right? Also, Euron is a cocky guy. He's sure he's going to conquer her. He's sure that he's going to win her over with his pirate charms, right? So that would be it. They, they end up sailing on their way to Westeros. However, they won't head towards Dragonstone because Dragonstone is currently held by the Lannisters. They will go somewhere else. But... That is it for now. I think I got everybody. Let me just do a quick recap on the characters I did this time. So, 
we would have seen Arya actually be trained as a faceless man in a way that makes sense. They explained how being a faceless man works. And she, at the end of the season, is unleashed onto Westeros to go and continue her list. Then we discover that Jack and Hagar and the House of Black and White are in... Maybe not the House of Black and White, but at least Jack and Hagar are in cahoots with Varys. Not necessarily Daenerys, but Varys for sure, right? So, we got that one out of the way. That's Arya. Next, we have Euron, who is on his way... Well, he who went to Marine, helped kill off the fleet that was attacking Daenerys. Then... He offers offers Daenerys transportation back to Westeros in exchange of her hand in marriage. Daenerys is forced to accept because she needs ships and uh, because she needs allies in Westeros too. Now, the, the Tyrells and the Martells are in a tentative alliance with each other with Daenerys, but there's tensions on, in beneath the water. There's a lot of tensions going on with all of Daenerys' allies, Okay. Nobody really likes each other. So Daenerys does not come out come out to Westeros super powerful. She I mean she has to her Dothrakis and she has her unsullied, but still everybody else in her lines kind of hates each other. So there's potential for a lot of infighting there, a lot of chaos there. And also two of her dragons kind of just fled. She only really has Drogon. Okay? And that I think oh, yeah, I forgot. Dyer Naharis gets left behind in Marine to run things and create. But that was one of the dumbest things that they did on the show to leave Dario Naharis behind. And the way that they they did it. It's like, no, I, I think you'll be a good leader, blah, blah, blah. Dario Naharis is the guy who literally said, fuck Marine. Fuck the people. Like Those words came out of his mouth. And Daenerys is like, you know what? This guy, he'll do a good job. But if Daenerys knows that the area is still technically in conflict and she needs somebody to be her vessel over there who could make militaristic decisions and still be like a hard hand with everybody. And it's also kind of like a decent price. You know, "Ah, well, I mean, I can't marry you, but you will be the governor of Marine. You will be my vessel. I guess it's, it would be a, a way to appease them somewhat, but who knows? This is probably not the end not the last time that we see Dario Naharis in the story. Or is it? Maybe. I don't know. I Yes, such a great name. I'm sorry. I just I love the guy. He's the best. Anyway, who's next? Uh, oh, yeah. Jorah Mormont. His story pretty much stays the same. He tries to go and rescue Daenerys, but turns out that Daenerys rescued herself with Drogo's help. And so Daenerys sends him off to try to find a cure to an uncurable disease. Basically, Daenerys says, like, you know what? Just kind of get the fuck away from me. I don't want to get sick. And that's it. I think that's everybody. I think they got everybody. So, well, and Daenerys' story would be that she, when she's taken by the Dothraki, it kind of makes sense why she didn't get raped till Kingdom Come. And the way that she kills off all the cows and takes control of the Kalasar is due to her forging her psychic link with Drogon. And that's pretty much it. That's where everybody is. So, that's it for the setup. Everything from here on on will be new so that's that would be the end of season six season seven forward completely new shit so i hope you look forward to that i will try to keep it as clean as possible i may focus on certain areas in certain particular times i'm still not exactly sure how i'm going to do this the story is still too complicated i i i killed off a lot of stuff and or i'm not really killed off but i let a lot of stuff die a lot of storylines die and it's still very hard to to keep things kind of focused because i mean this show lends to chaos and i love chaos but i want to keep it in a way that it makes sense for the people listening so that's it for today that's it for this week in the rewriting game of thrones i will continue again next monday the setup is done people the board is set you know where everybody is and like i said it ends up everybody pretty much ends up in the same spot that they did at the end of season six However, now it makes a little bit more sense. I hope, Hopefully you agree. Let me know. Comments, questions, suggestions at Dario the Show on Instagram. You can always find me there. Please let me know what you're thinking of the series so far. I, I want to know if I'm fucking up or if it's still making sense. If you're like, dude, this is actually kind of cool or not. Honestly, that's just my ego. <laughs> a part of me wants to hear like, yeah, this actually makes a lot more sense. It would have been a lot better. You should They should have hired you. I agree. But anyway... <laughs> Anyway, uh, tomorrow, as I promised, I will be doing a just uh, highlights of E3. 
it's um i'll keep it short and sweet and on wednesday i'll do my usual super dire news where i do a recap of all because i missed a lot of news i, I barely touched on any news things newsworthy stuff from last week so i got a lot of catching up to you to do but first let's close off e3 tomorrow and uh wednesday super dire news so i hope you look forward to that and as always thank you for listening and i'll see you again tomorrow with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.